0: Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the After Message edition of the Next Steps podcast of Westridge Church. So glad to have this opportunity to have you join in on this week's conversation. Listen, folks, this one is going to be a great one, so stay tuned. You know, as we say each week, it's our hope that we can have a compelling and honest conversation around the topic and the scriptures that were part of our weekend services here at our church. And, you know, our goal is always to find something that will encourage all of us as we live our lives out as you know, honest uh, followers of Jesus. I'm Steve Eil, I'm the Groups and Connections Pastor here, and I'm here once again with my very good friend, he is the Director of Men's and Young Adult Groups, Mr. Tyler Newsome. Great to have you, man, my friend.
1: Steve, it is great to be here yep. and I come bearing good news. What is the good news? Our podcast, uh, which we started back in November of mm-hmm. last year, has reached 3,000
0: downloads. Wow. You know what? I remember, yeah, Phil sent that to us. I really didn't know what that meant. So, yeah, I'll explain that. That means
1: it's a It's a tough concept. You know, when something's yeah. reached 3,000 downloads, that means it's been downloaded. <laughs>
0: that's right. 3,000 times. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Showing my age here. I, I got you. But that's really cool. I yeah, mean, I, very I, good. Yeah, and for just good. a short amount of time to have that many downloads, you yeah. know. And, um, you know, let's do a shameless plug right here because yeah, I think absolutely. that, that, you know, the folks who are listening, I, c- I continue to just to get people come up to me all the time and just say that they appreciate, um, the input and the, the conversation that we have with our guests, because it's really encouraging to them. But you, as a listener, really are the best resource to help us grow this thing. And because ultimately the whole, our whole hope is just that we'll be, like we said, just an encouragement to people to really apply the things that we're learning on Sunday morning, um, here and just to, to just to show that even all of us and our guests, we wrestle with it just like they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this, um, really it's a tool for, for our people to be able mm-hmm. to, I mean, take this to a coworker, you know, that every, every time that we get together and we're in front of these mics, we're going to proclaim the name of Jesus, you know, that's right. and we're, we're going to, you can, you, any podcast you could share to a family member, a friend, um, someone who's in need of, of hearing the gospel. And, and that's what our hope is that it spreads that way, just like yeah. we it would on Sunday mornings or yeah. anything.
0: You know, I think of it a lot this way, um, being a Christ follower is not complicated. The gospel is not complicated, no. but it's never easy. Yeah. It's never easy because we're living as foreigners. You know, the scripture says, you know, that there were aliens in this world and uh and it's difficult. And so for us to kind of you know rally around the fact that man we're we're trying to do this and live to you know our lives to honor God, um, it's just encouraging to, to kind of learn from each other and as we uh, wrestle back and forth. But yeah. I'm so excited about today. I'm I'm a little bit nervous, a little bit too, because <laughs> there's just no telling where this conversation might go with these guys today. Um, I, I've been looking really forward to this for weeks, and uh, so why don't you introduce our guests? And, yeah, and I'm I, excited about jumping in.
1: Absolutely, this. I said I had good news, and that was just one part. Part of it, the yeah, three thousand downloads. Yeah. The other good part of, of this news is that we have our church planning residents in the podcast studio this morning. Blake Odgers, how you doing, Blake? What's up, Dakota Adair. Good How's it morning. Going? How's it going? It's going very good. I
2: promise you another thousand downloads.
1: Another <laughs> thousand downloads. After from today. After okay. today. <laughs> that's right. Wow. Here, folks. That, that's
0: right. Well we you know we said our goal was ten thousand and you know that that's that's yeah. another thousand. Yeah. We're, so we're, we're getting there. We're and, close. You know, yeah. And when they hear Blake Hodgers, they're gonna that's two thousand
1: right Yeah, there. Blake will definitely get us two <laughs> thousand. But you know, Dakota yeah, can get us a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> we'll underpromise and overdeliver. There you go. Good word. Good word. That's so awesome. um guys, just wanna kinda Take a chance this morning to to hear from you and let um, let the listeners get to know who you guys are. Uh, you came on staff in in a in a residency last summer. Um, what, what, Blake? We'll start with you. What kind of led you to the direction of saying yes to a church planning uh, residency here at here at Westridge? What what called you that? Yeah. Well, first of all, you guys
3: do a great job with these. Appreciate you guys having us on. We're excited. Oh yeah, thank um, you. But. Man, so to go back, you uh, you you know you probably want us to keep it short, but I don't know if a short version really exists. Um, so good luck. Hey, no, um, no share it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, we uh, so I I started following Jesus probably about fifteen, sixteen. Um, and actually was at a basketball camp, roomed with this guy named Connor Monda, who was a six. posers wow. the pursuit of God, at sixteen, wow. and so this guy starts. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm asking him what he's reading. He starts talking about Jesus and. I mean, I didn't sleep for like two nights. It's just wrecking me. I'm just, you know, this guy's sharing the gospel with me and just uh just really opening my eyes to a to a greater purpose. And yeah. so I start following Jesus shortly after that and I mean, really got a fire lit under me really quickly. And just got passionate about the word of God, got passionate about the gospel, got passionate about sharing it with other people. And um As I'm kind of making plans of my life to play college basketball and some other things, well, that all kind of falls through. And in the midst of that, I start getting opportunities to share at churches or schools Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Just getting to proclaim the gospel. So really quickly, I had a passion um, for proclaiming the gospel, and I had a burden for for people who didn't didn't know the gospel and who hadn't been exposed to, or who just weren't following Jesus and and uh, and believing his his best for their life. And so, as that was happening. Behind the i wasn't plugged into a community i wasn't plugged into a church i wasn't um you know i i mean i was kind of just reading the word i had i had some godly relationships but i i mean i i i didn't grow up in the church i just yeah. didn't have that um uh i didn't have that as a part of my life and so when I got to college I started getting plugged into biblical community for the first time and all of a sudden this this passion for the gospel and this burden for people mm. collided with mm. this love for the local church. Yeah. And love that. Um, I started, I mean, all of a sudden I was being held accountable. I was confessing my sin and being prayed for and hearing mm. other people confess their sin and praying for them and just walking with people through life. And I was just like, God, whatever you've got for my life, like, I hope it's that, you know, I hope it, I hope it involves this. And I didn't know what that looked like. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I definitely, was leaning towards, you know, pastoral ministry of some sort and just, you know, once again just the things I was passionate about. And just as time started to kind of culminate, I started to study a lot about the local church and God was just putting a huge burden on me just through reading even through Acts and the New Testament and just seeing the way God had designed mm-hmm. his church to flourish and yeah. that literally, you know, the local church was God's means for reaching the world with the gospel. And I have nothing against parachurch ministries or anything like that, but, um, but, you know, the local church was God's beautiful idea. Yeah. And, and I was like, I want to give my life to that. And so as I started just kind of seeing the world and, and, uh, and a bunch of other things, it it just started to culminate in, and man, I think God's wanting me to plant a church. Yeah. And that's great. And in that is where I, I met, met my uh, now wife, Katie, who grew up at Westridge, met a guy named Brian Bloy, who's dabbled Mm -hmm. in church planning a little bit. And, uh, and it was just a, a beautiful road that kind of got us here where you look back and you go, man, God is yeah. super good.
1: Yeah. yeah so, Dakota, so awesome. good luck topping that. But, uh, <laughs> hey, so I want to share something really quick, too. Um, yeah. Over the past couple couple years, and Steve and I know these guys very well. We've been able for the past few years to see your story come out, come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one thing, Dakota – I mean, uh, Blake, that happens a lot. We yeah. call you – Yeah. Um, they're interchangeable. One, you said you <laughs> happened to get to know Brian. I'm I love this little part of that story. You sent Brian an email. I did. And you tell what what did you put in that email? Um yeah, so so first of all, um Pastor Brian would would
3: would not like me to say, "Hey everyone, send Pastor Brian an email." Yep. Yes, <laughs> but, but you um, did it. But <laughs> I right. I actually sent uh Brian an email and and in it I was kind of like, "Hey, basically my girlfriend wants me to to, to go to your church. And, um, but before I come, I would just like to, you know, I would, I would really like to sit down with, with you as, as, as a pastor and that kind of stuff. And, um, and so we meet and, um, and I kept, first of all, I couldn't believe that I got a response because the, the church world I was coming out of, it was like, okay, you know, this yeah. is not, you didn't really get to know your, your pastors too well. And, and so I get an email back like the next day and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's do Starbucks, you know, January yeah. 27th mm-hmm. or whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm there. And so mm-hmm. we meet at Starbucks and I'm, I'm sitting down across from him he, and first of all, he's asking me, you know, my story, he's asking about me, which first of all, was just very endearing, you know, to, to, to have that. And. So I'm sharing him kind of my story and I'm sharing them my burden for for ministry and wanting to plan a church, and you know i've been I'm hungry and all this other kind of stuff, and he goes, "Do you know anything about me?" And I said, "No." and he goes, "You haven't like googled me, You haven't like looked at our church or anything like that." I was like, "Not at all and he, goes, he goes, so um, I have a little bit of church planning experience you know? and uh, he's like, so you're in a pretty good you're, yeah he's like, yeah like let's That's let's so let's cool. hang out and so yeah, so, yeah, and
1: for the listener, of course, this is such a valuable thing because I think mm-hmm. listeners are always, and just people in the Christian world are saying, am I being called into ministry? You know, like, what what, what does that look like for me? And that's a really good example. So Dakota, I want to f- rephrase the question to you, kind of give you the same thing. Um, what, I guess about six months ago, um, and I know you've been on a journey longer than that, when you came on staff here, what was it kind of pulling you to get into and really accept this church planning residency um that was offered to you.
2: Well, I mean, it was to kind of go back a little bit and share my part. I mean, yeah, me me and Blake both are very passionate about the local church.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
2: our lives have been transformed by Westridge Church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I was when I grew up, I mean, I didn't grow up in church. And so I encountered Jesus, started following him very early in high school. Um I was dating a girl named Maggie who's now my wife and Mm -hmm. she was amazing and (laughs) Um, she went to Westridge Church, and I started going with her and her my in-laws, Ty and Dana, who were big advocates of Westridge Church. And we started coming here, and I was so new to the church experience. Like, it was brand new to me. So I am the type where I'm all in. So uh, Sunday mornings, I was serving a first-time guest kiosk with Robert Owens. Um, I was in Reckless under Todd Hampton's leadership. I mean, he you know really invested into me, and um, you know that was just a transformative... I mean, it changed my life. I mean, think about the small group, for example. When Reckless, uh, the guy that discipled me was Kim Walda. Oh yeah, who's an yeah. elder here at Westridge. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting impacted in so many different ways. I mean, Paul um, baptized Maggie. She was a girl. And Brian, I mean, what a what a role model he's been for me, and has really just poured into me. Like Blake kind of shared, um, took time to to pay attention to me. Yeah. When I would have nothing to offer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was just a kid trying to figure out life, and he. He's so intentional um, with me, and and that's that's just changed me. And Steve, I mean Steve, I mean you were, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways you're my dad. I mean, mm-hmm. grew up in your house uh, mm-hmm. later in high school, like, and yeah, like literally in my house, literally. a <laughs> <laughs> bed in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so West, I mean Westridge just has played such a significant role. It's it's where I've I really have fostered a, a life of of following Jesus and and experiencing community. Um, after high school, I went and played. Like football and college and everything. And, and there my love for Jesus um, and the, the local church continued to grow. I uh, decided uh, I was tired of concussions and touchdowns. Yeah. So mm-hmm. me and Maggie got married and we moved to Texas to, to go to school and seminary to pre- prepare for ministry. And they're not really sure what God was doing, didn't know what our direction was, but I just knew I wanted to be in ministry. I loved church. Um, I loved mm-hmm. what it had done in my life and I wanted that for others. And so when we went there, I, I was finishing up school and um, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But church plan was always something that I was intrigued by because of the story of Westridge, mm. because the story of Westridge is my story. And I called up Brian, again, not like Blake, did not know really what he did. I just knew that he was involved with church plan. He said, hey, Brian, I'm I'm having all these friends who are church planning all over the place and they're wanting me to come with them. And I'm really intrigued by this, And I, but I would really love to do a residency. Do you have any organizations or programs that I could maybe join and... Uh, he said, well, it's funny you say that we're starting a residency this summer and I was graduating in May and then it started in July. So it was just God, God really orchestrated that. So my call to church planning really is, is, um, because I'm the result of a church plant because men and women were faithful to God and, and listened to Jesus when he said, go and make disciples. And because Mm. of their faithfulness, my life is vastly different. And so wow. that's kind of my story. And so I want that for other people. I'm passionate about that. Yeah. Me and Blake, we, we get so excited because we, we are um, the, the result of, of people's faithfulness and what God does through his church. And the blueprint to grow in the kingdom is planting churches.
0: That's right. Yeah. You know, Brian says it a lot, and I, I think it's really true that, um, you know, it's easy to get discouraged with the direction of our country you know and i think you know you see it especially you know folks my age and older you know it's they really struggle with it you know they just and you know, it's funny i think every generation as you get older you know you you look back and you're like it's not what it was you know back in the day and but you know and i think one of the things that i've heard brian say over the years and certainly i believe this too is you know the hope of our country is the church and so the hope then of of the church is new churches and more churches And, you know, being planted everywhere. And so, so then the hope for our country and the world is church planting. And that's why we're so passionate about it, you know, here at the church. Well, within the, in the two minutes we have left, (laughs) I'd love to talk about yesterday's uh, message. And, um, but so this week, um, we're in week two of our new series, uh, that, that we titled Breakthrough. It was a study of the life of Elijah. And Brian titled his message this week, uh, When You Need God to Provide, When You Need God to Provide. And, um, and we're continuing in First Kings 17, and it's the story of Elijah who has been moved out of the Cherith Ravine that we talked about a little bit last week, and so he's hungry and he doesn't have any food, and so God sends him to a very certain widow who is, you know, pretty, um, pretty desperate in her own right. And then God not only provides really miraculously for Elijah through her, but also miraculously provides for her and her son at the same time. Really a great story. So that's the background. So many compelling thoughts, uh, in this piece of scripture and from the message yesterday. And so I was thinking about that and. You know, I assume as, as young guys getting ready to step out to, you know, start your, in, your churches and, which I know can be a very scary endeavor. <laughs> 23 years ago, we did the same thing. You know, it stepped out and man, I, it, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Pastor Brian, Steve Veal or anybody else. I mean, it's a scary endeavor because at the end of the day, it's an entrepreneurial endeavor, you know, and, and so there's this, this, you know, this real tension about, you know, um, feeling like it's kind of up to you. You know, you've got to make the right decisions. You've got to find the right people. You've got to go to the right place, all these other things. And so you can really re- rely on your own strength. And so I thought, I was just felt, felt certain that yesterday was probably a pretty impactful m- message for you guys, very thought-provoking message for you. So I just wanted to ask you guys, you know, um, how would you say that message yesterday, this scripture and its application, either challenged you or encouraged you?
2: Well, I just, I thought about how I love Elijah was literally, it was a messenger for God and Mm -hmm. his name literally means Yahweh is my God. I love that. Um,
0: That is good. You know,
2: as a role, as a church planner, as a pastor, and even as a disciple of Jesus, um, we're telling people just like Elijah that that God is a promise keeper Mm. and um, his word is true. Wow, and I good. just love that there was a there's a quote that I, that's always resonated with me. It's uh, by D.T. Niles. It says eva- he defines evangelism like this: Evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread.
0: Wow! Can you repeat oh. that? That's so good.
2: Evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. I love and that. that is so true. In other words, you know, we are people pointing to the provider that provides the provision. Yeah. Uh, when me and that's me and my, just a quick short story. When me and Maggie we moved to Texas. We left community, we left our church, we left everything to go twelve hours away from home and It was a really hard time and you know as a, as a young husband i 'm trying to, to to make things happen, to make things work, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is not just you know i mean we were kind of our tank was empty emotionally, physically, spiritually, and and you know and, and both of us were kind of leaning on each other to to be to be God in our lives, mm-hmm. to provide everything that we needed. And I remember we were at the point where like, it was so hard because doors weren't opening and I couldn't make them open. I tried everything. And I mm-hmm. thought I, I really thought, believed in myself and thought I could do all these things and make things work. And, mm-hmm. but it wasn't happening. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't have the network or the community or anything. Um, and I remember one night I told Maggie, I said, you know, I, I just, we, we need to go to God. Mm. Uh, she, her, the, she could not find a job. Nothing was working. I remember, right. and it, I remember this one night. This was a night that really think transformed our marriage because I was, I was just weak. I yeah. got tired of trying to be strong for her, yeah. and I just said, "You know what? I'm, I'm not the provider, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, not, I can't provide the provision. But I know who can." Mm-hmm. And so I remember that night we sat down, and it was one of those prayers that I always thought it was about being strong, but <laughs> being weak is when, when you're able to show um, who is the strongest. Yeah. The who's in control. And I remember we prayed together and I'm just a young guy, just trying whatever, whatever I can do to make things happen. And, and I leaned on God for that, for his provision and, yeah, and looked good. at him as a provider. And it was just de- the dependence we had on him. We prayed and follow- that Saturday, a man reached out to me and says, Is Maggie looking for a role as an assistant for, I w- I'm looking for an assistant. He was higher, he was higher up in the, the seminary and uh, the, the man, I barely knew him. He had no clue what was going on behind closed doors, how we were crying and desperate. And he just randomly called in. That was God just answering that prayer. Yeah, so and good. through that I mean, I think it really just marked the way we live our lives our marriage is that we yeah. we are looking to Jesus yeah. to be our ma- waymaker our promise yeah. keeper um, not each other and so that's just something that God has really done in our lives it yeah. um, just reminds us to to depend on him
0: Yeah, that's a journey isn't it
2: it's it's, it's a, a journey, journey it's a process like, <laughs> like said, it's there, not you know? easy
3: yeah yeah it's not easy Blake yeah, yeah so you know I, I was kind of thinking about um another story in scripture where Um, you know, Abraham goes up the mountain to, you know, what he believes is, you know, sacrifice Isaac. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Paul tells us in the New Testament that he's willing to do this because he believes God's able to raise him from the dead. He's like, I'll just, I'll trust God and I'll obey him. And then God provides a ram in the thicket, right? right, To to be the sacrifice. And and it just makes me think about the fact that, um, you know, God's always going to Provide for you if you're walking down the path of obedience. Yeah, you know if you're if you're saying God, I'm following you. Mm-hmm. I'm walking down your path for my life. Yeah. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting your will, and God's going to provide for that. He's going to honor that. Yeah. You know, I truly believe that. And you know where we get in trouble is when we try to we try to expect God to provide for our will. You know, yeah. and He's like, hey, yeah. I didn't I, I didn't sign on to that. You know, yeah. I want you to walk my um, I want you to honor my will for your life, and I'll provide yeah. for that. And you know, I was even thinking about um, kind of a story of my own life and Tyler, you know, Tyler was a, he was walking with me through this season of my life as well, where I was, I was, I was at Westridge, I was serving and I just felt, I just felt God was calling me kind of out of, um, you know, I was, I was committed here. I felt God rooting me here in this community and I was getting, there wasn't a place, there wasn't a role for me here. This residency didn't exist yet and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I couldn't work at a, I couldn't work in ministry at another church and and come here. And so I was, I was just like, God, I'm going to trust. You. I'm going to root my life at this church. I'm going to serve yeah, it with good. all my heart and um, you know, I'm going to get a job doing something else yeah. and I'm just going to wait. And I was working at a bookstore that is now closed. Good old Lifeway Christian bookstore mm-hmm. in Kennesaw. God bless it. Soul. Um and, <laughs> and I was, I mean, I was just in, a, <laughs> I was just in a rough, in a rough spot. Um, yeah. Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, I just felt God going, Hey, be faithful to me. Like even yeah. even here even now like just be faithful to me. Yeah. And so I'm working this, you know, next to minimum wage job and and there's this one day I'm I'm in the women's bathroom mopping a mess. And mm-hmm. and it I'd been there for a couple months at this point and I'm just mopping and I can feel and it, this kind of goes back to even last week where Brian talked about conforming Elijah's character. Mm-hmm. And um I could feel in that moment just going I'm not too good for this. Yeah. I'm not too good to do this. Yeah. And I paused and I'm like holding the mop in my hand. It's like a scene out of a bad movie. And I'm like <laughs> holding the mop in my hands and I'm going, Oh, God's doing something. Like God's doing something in me. Wow. And I just, and I just kept mopping. But I was, I I just kept thinking about the fact that like, like, God is like if you're if you're saying, God, I'm I'm gonna be faithful to you. Like I'm I'm walking on this path, I'm gonna be faithful to you, I'm gonna trust you. Mm-hmm. He's gonna provide the means and he's gonna conform you as you do it. But I was even thinking about um, last week we had some guys from, from SIN New England and SIN Boston come and talk to us, uh, church planners in the Boston area, which you talk about a difficult yeah, place, yeah, not an easy place to, you know, a church. um, you know, church planning is hard, but church planning in but Boston some places is, is harder, <laughs> ridiculous. And so, um, but this guy named Aaron Cavan, who's, um, a pastor at Life uh, Community Church in Quincy, um, and, uh, he was sharing his story and. He was he was talking about how hard it was. Just those that that first mm-hmm. year to that to that third year was just brutal. And yeah. he he talked about how nine times out of ten the reason church plants fell is because they're just not willing to, in his words, stay through the crap. Yeah, they're just yeah. not willing to stay through the crap. You know, yeah. it's it's hard, and it's really hard, and they quit yeah. um, rather than kind of staying through the crap. And yeah. and it's he strange. and and that's what we were kind of just thinking about was like you know, man, when we do sign up to do this, we know that we're signing up to do something that's really, really difficult. It is. And you've kind of got to go into it with the mindset of, I'm going to stay through the crap, and I'm going to yeah. trust God to provide for us when well, we don't see it on paper.
0: Well, i tell you what is the greatest blessing for both of you is not only do you have a church that's behind you, but, you know, your wives are just going to play such a mm. such a huge role. Asking me about that, I can tell you about, you know, for Christy, you know, it's just, because that's going to mean that you're not alone because there'll be times time when it just feels incredibly lonely, you know? So anyway, well, let's move on.
1: Yeah. I, I want to connect to kind of a, a point that you shared Dakota with something you just shared, Blake, that really resonated with me as I'm listening to you guys. Um, Dakota, your quote um, that, that you shared earlier, just a beggar, tell another beggar, you know, where, where we're getting the bread. Um, Blake and you saying, basically, I'm not, I'm not too good at any point in my walk with Christ, to mop a bathroom um, in a Christian bookstore, yeah. ultimately, hey, serving the kingdom, yeah. you know. Uh, but but I still get to watch. Um, you know, I served my time on on facilities here, mm-hmm. and and I had those moments too, mm-hmm. where on Easter, you know, with a mop in your hand, cleaning up, you know, uh, kids throw up or, or cleaning the toilets, you know, that type of thing on a, on a busy Sunday um that God does that God shows you like you're not too good for this um and that has lasted through all the years of Pastor Brian's ministry too we pull in every it seems like every Monday morning as we come in for the podcast we're recording and you know what Pastor Brian's doing he's got his trash grabber he's picking up trash in the parking lot from last Sunday so we're never there's never a moment where where we're too good for for anything because if if we understand that and this kind of leads into our next point: um, that, that God is our provider. Like there is, n- it's it's not us that's doing anything special. He's providing through so many other things. So, if we know that that God is our first and primary provider, why is it that we continue to, Blake? I'll pose this to you first, and Dakota, you take it. Why is it that we continue to kind of fall into a state of wanting to provide ourselves, or or just forgetting that God is our sole provider first and yeah. primary. Yeah. I, I think
3: it's, it's kind of a combination of things. You know, I think, I think one, it's just, I mean, it's just natural, you know, it just comes natural to us, especially as, um, you know, when you talk about the way God has wired men versus the ways, you know, versus the ways wired women and, and although like we want to be the rescuer, you know what I mean? We want to be the provider. We want to, mm-hmm. you know, we feel that pressure to, to do that. And so when we look up and we see like, we're kind of lacking in some areas Everything inside of us is trying to grip and trying to go into um you know kind of that that saving mode where we're trying to do whatever we can to to make things so so I mean I think that a little bit of it is is just natural, but one of the things that Brian hit on yesterday was you know talking about idols, you know talking about the way that we um and I even think about, I think it was a Calvin quote. He says, you know, the human heart is an idol factory. Wow. And um, just like there's there's something inside of us where, you know, we love to make, in the words of Tim Keller, good things, ultimate things. You know, oh, yeah, that, that's good. Yeah. that God gives good things in our lives. He's, he is a provider. He gives good gifts. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a good father. But then we love to take those gifts and, and make them ultimate things yeah. that we put our hope and our trust and we rest in ultimately mm-hmm. to save us or protect mm-hmm. us. Yeah, and, um, and, you know, I just think about for in my own life, you know, um, in the in the book Counterfeit Gods, I was just thinking about this yesterday. I was even writing it down Um by Tim Keller, he, he talks about how there's deep idols in their surface idols. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how our surface idols are going to change all the time throughout our life. You know, there's going to be moments where it's social media, you know, there's going to be moments where it's money. There's going to be moments where it's stuff, you know, mm-hmm. these surface idols are always going to change, but all, all of us have deep idols in our, wow. in our hearts where, um, you know, for him, he, he mentioned like significance or security or these mm-hmm. other things yeah. deep down that typically, yeah. People struggle with yeah. throughout their life. It's just and that's, that's your thing, so you know. And yeah. and so, for me, throughout my life, you know, I I think I always craved that significance. You know, as mm-hmm. an athlete, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I craved that significance. Um, you know, when it when it got into ministry, I craved that significance that I got from being um, from being able to help people or being able to to do whatever. And so, you know, I think that um, I think that for all of us, we there's kind of that natural aspect, but there's also that thing where we just all have this desire deep down in us where we look for other things to do what only
2: god yeah. can ultimately yeah. do
0: that's right yeah Yeah.
2: i know um you know one of the things that i think about when it comes to that the problem isn't that that god's going to provide our needs the challenge really is is who's going to have the rulership over our hearts mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. a battle i think every single day and and so for us is just uh, you know i was in denver talking to a church planner, and we were uh you know, they're in the trenches, like like what Blake was saying about Boston, like there's certain parts of this country that are hostile to the gospel. Yeah. And so these people are just trying to gather, right? And they're dealing with a lot of opposition. And this, we're, the, I was asking his church planner kind of some of their challenges. And so there's a group of them. And one of the guys was, seems so laid back. And I was like, so what's, you know, what's your perspective, man? Like, what do you think? You know, and he's, now he's almost like, it's not even phasing him. He said, man, I learned a long time ago to learn to love the provider more than the provision. Mm. And so every day in our lives, we're constantly battling whether we're going to love God for who He is, rather. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we can always look for something else to fulfill that void in our lives. Because idolatry isn't just one of many sins, it is the sin.
0: But don't you think, Dakota, it don't, isn't that harder for some people than other people? Like, like especially super driven people, super capable people. You know, people that are, there are certain personalities that are just used to, you know, show me a problem and I'll show you a solution. You, you know, I mean, I think it is harder for some people. I don't know if that's even true. Maybe I, yeah, I don't. Well, know I mean, if it's like, like for
2: me, like it's not something that like it's easy to say that. Yeah. But like, I am I'm a busy guy. Like I yeah. am driven by busyness. I, as an athlete, yeah. my identity is very much wrapped into my performance and how well yeah. I do with things. And so there's a constant struggle to to mm-hmm. really um, listen to God when He says for me to slow down. Yeah. Right? To rest in, in who he is and trust in him. And I, I want to have all this control in my life. Um, me and Maggie were talking about that. It's like I, I have a tendency, if I if I feel out of control, I try to control things. Like right, it's yeah. just, And so what I've had to learn is to to realize that God is sovereign. Yeah. That God is in control. I, I think of I think it's in John 11 where it talks about Martha and Mary, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this the difference there, I think Martha was super busy and he's like, Jesus, are you going to say anything? And and, and Jesus is tell, telling Martha, yeah. like, Mary, Mary's the one that gets it, yeah, right? Yes. And so for me every day um, to, to keep my eyes on Jesus, yeah. but there's a lot of things that can dis- distract me. And, and there's easy ways of identifying that. I mean, what, yeah. what, what, what worries me, right? The most, mm-hmm. what do I complain mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. Where do I go to find refuge? What, where's my sanctuary, right? Um, where right. Do, Where's my disappointment come from? These are things that I have to wrestle with every single day. That's
3: great. And yeah. really
2: process that yeah. myself, you know, um, it, could, it could be dependence in relationships. It can be food. Yeah. Right. Idols in our lives, we find comfort when we get stressed. Man, watching some Marvel movies on on Netflix and <laughs> and and you know, getting some Chipotle. Yeah. I mean, That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I mean that stuff right there. Is, yeah. And because what we're doing is we're we're trying to trying to really. Um, find something that that will satisfy us and and comfort us, and that's ultimately yeah, God
3: for sure. That's yeah, kind for of sure. filling in that blank of if I had blank, then I'd be happy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. like that that would ultimately yeah. satisfy me because I cause I think about even in the even in the garden, right, mm-hmm. where you know mm-hmm. the serpent gets Eve to doubt God's character. Yeah, You know, that, yeah. that did God really say that, you yeah. know, did God, you know, you doubt his word and then, you know, you don't doubt his word until you doubt his character. You have to doubt his character first before you can doubt his word. It, that's yeah. And so, you know, then she takes and she takes it into her own hands and tries to provide mm-hmm. for herself, you yeah. know, and I think that we well, do that. Adam is standing right next to her. Yeah. yeah. Mister <laughs> Pas- passivity <laughs> yeah. over there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and, um, and so, yeah, I, I always, it always kind of comes back on, man, do I trust that God that yeah. god is a provider that that is in his character yeah. to be a good father who gives good things to yeah, his children you
0: know and if you don't hang out with him here's mm. what it comes down mm-hmm. to if you don't spend time like like we were talking before we started the podcast spent some time with my dad last night you know and you know his life i've talked to him about him on the podcast before that his life right now is taking care of my mom who has advanced alzheimers and um and so he spends most of his day reading the scriptures and communing with god in prayer i mean that's what he spends Hours and hours a day doing, and man, can you see it. Chrissy, it's the first time that that we felt comfortable with her coming over since the whole pandemic has happened, because my parents are, you know, 86 and we want to be really careful. Um, but she was like, wow, man, you can really sense his growth at 86, you know, because he's spending so much intimate time um, with the Lord. It, it, it's really awesome. But listen, a point that uh, Brian brought out yesterday that I wanted to talk about that was in this story that I thought was really interesting is how famines tend to go hand in hand with looking uh to idols to provide, you know, what we need in life. You know, that if you look throughout the scriptures, they kinda they go hand in hand, you know, famines and and um and idolatry. You know, and I found that compelling because what what is interesting to me is the very reason that we embrace um idols, whether it's our money or our jobs or relationships or whatever, is what? to avoid famine, you know, we don't want our bank accounts to be famished, you know, we don't want our social lives to be famished, you know, or whatever, it's just like, I thought that was so, so interesting, and so I wanted just to ask you guys, as as to be pastors, you know, before very long, you're gonna have a whole congregation that you're, you know, that you're trying to encourage and, 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 uh, and disciple, so how would you encourage people to grow toward that kind of dependency that this scripture and this story challenges uh, us to embrace?
2: Well, I would I would say I would say prayer. Mm. You know, I, I think that's something that I wrestle with all the time. Is that um, when there's a moment where we have to we have to really wrestle with some of the the challenges in our lives. I mean, even this past year, there's a lot of worry and fear with financially and. Politics. There's many things that we can look to, and what we realize is those become idols. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brian was Brian was nice about what he said yesterday <laughs> about idols, because he talks about you know, and we look in other other countries. There's temples, and there's there's different things that people worship. But man, we our our idols, our gods, look vastly different, mm-hmm. um, and they ultimately. I think I think the Tony Evans quote, which I really just loved, was. Was just how we can we can ultimately um, any person, place, or thing or thought that we look to as our source. That's right. Um, becomes is an idol. In other words, you know, we can look at money and success, um, pleasure, food, relationships, yeah. and um, and that can become a problem. I think the, the one thing to realize too is our relationship with God is that God doesn't God doesn't settle for second place, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we put Him in the back of the line. And so the decisions we make as 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 individuals, as I talked about before, is it's a constant denying ourselves, denying our own plan and agenda and choosing God's way, not our way. And so I think that's in how we how we steward our money. Brian talked mm-hmm. about that, right? Mm-hmm. The decisions we make, right? Rather, we're going to choose comfort. Rather, we're going to choose with the easy way, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than the mm-hmm. right way. Mm-hmm. Um, those are constant, constantly are battles that we're facing each day and choosing rather to be obedient yeah. or disobedient. And ultimately,
3: we have to deal with the consequences of our disobedience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True.
3: Yeah, I... I I'm more I'm I'm kind of a thinker so I have to I have to kind of track my um I'm a by the way I'm a, I'm a show my cards here Myers Briggs INTJ okay. Enneagram 1 so All right, um, you go. But uh <laughs> Enneagram mate let's, yeah, let's fight and have a good time Yeah there it is <laughs> <laughs> um, but um but you know one of the things that I would say you know when you ask um you know, when you when you talk about embracing idols and and those kind of things is to put it really bluntly, even rich people die. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um you can't, you're not gonna be able to have enough to avoid famine. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Even there's different types of famine, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're there's not emotional gonna, famine and yeah, whatever else. it is. You know, like yeah. you're you're never gonna make enough money to protect your kids. You're never mm-hmm. gonna be able to make enough to, you know, or or whatever that idol is, yeah. you know, that, that you're ultimately gonna be able to oh, we're secure now. We're right. protected from the outside yeah, world, good. you know. Mm-hmm. Um it's just not gonna happen. And so, you know, I think that Starting there, where you're able to go, okay, let's 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 understand and receive that. Hey, no matter what I do, I can't ultimately protect and provide for myself. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and it reminds me of you know when Jesus talks about you know what does it profit a man? He gains the whole world, he loses his soul. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can't. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be able to have enough to, you know, to. To, to provide that ultimate satisfaction, that ultimate fulfillment, but ultimately that protection and that security mm-hmm. that you need. Only Jesus is able to provide that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm talking about this life and the, and the next, you know what I mean? Yeah. This, this life is so short and temporary. And you really find out, you know, who uh, – you really find out what you believe based on kind of how you live this life. Do you really have the faith that this is not yeah. all there is? Because how you invest in this life, Mm -hmm. how you steward this life is really going to impact the next one. That's right. You know, and I I don't, I just think coming to the place where you're going, man, all I am and all I have, I want to invest in those things that last forever. That I don't, I don't want to just have enough for me. I want to, I want to send a ripple throughout eternity.
1: Well,
0: yeah. You know, I want to encourage you guys for just a second. I I, I thought of this, um, because I think you're so on the right path, both of you. And here's why I say that. So for 23 years, um, ministering alongside of Pastor Brian and Pastor Paul and, you know, the rest of the team, you know, uh, all these years. Um, I think that his passion that he has birthed in all of us and, and taught all of us and his passion for the church, which has now become, I think, the church's passion for its people. So we have embraced this together is a desperate desire for our people to know the character of God, which, which you, you mentioned, you know, that if, cause if we know his character um, then we'll trust his hand, right? But how do you do that? It's the reason that you mentioned Dakota. It's because of, it's through prayer. It's the only way to do that is through knowledge of his word and then an intimate relationship in, in prayer, which is why Brian is so passionate about prayer. He's super passionate. So when, yeah, he walks around with his trash picker upper, but that's not the point. I mean, the point isn't picking up trash. The point is that he is praying over mm-hmm. this church. We've mentioned that on this podcast before, but every single morning he or he and Amy, are are walking this campus, praying every single morning, uh, unless he's out of town, and so those two things together know the character of God. How do you know that? Well, you go to Him in in prayer. So we're going to wrap up here. Um and um, but I I have a personal question. I want to I want to just challenge you guys, and uh, and bring some ask you guys a question that that that's pretty personal and uh and and asking you to be you know honest as much as you feel comfortable but you know as you prepare to go out and start your church over the next year or so and and I know that that's going to be a scary endeavor it just is i don't mean you know, like we said earlier you know I don't, I don't care how who you are there's there's some things that are that are a little scary about that i just want to ask you guys where you sit today in the in the chairs that you're in what scares you the most what scares you the most about that? Um, how would you articulate it? And um, ultimately, I'm asking you, you know, what idol are you most likely to turn to? <laughs> you know, but let's think of it this way. What what scares you? What are you afraid of?
3: Um, yeah, I, it, it reminds me the other day when when Aaron was sharing again, and he talked about how year three of their, their church plant in Boston, he was having to work on a lobster boat. And he, mm. he, he said, you know, I felt like a felt like a bad husband, I felt like a bad dad, I felt like a bad leader, you know, all these other kind of things and you know, just not being able to, you know, have fearing that you're not able to provide for your family, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things. And you know, I I was thinking about that and I mean and I totally, I mean, I felt it resonate deeply within me, that fear of not you know, mm-hmm. that cuz cuz you know, I you can you can work in ministry and no, you're not going to live the live the rich life or the good life, but you can be comfortable. You know, yeah. you can you can have comfort, and so I think that you know that just really resonated deeply with me because I mean, who wants to be uncomfortable, right? Like who wants to experience yeah. financial and relational stress or spiritual warfare? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I mean, we don't want we don't we don't look at that and go, yes, I would yeah. love to experience that, but we know that. Like this path is bringing all of those things. Like it's going to bring that stress. It's going to bring yeah. that spiritual warfare. Um, but, you know, I think, I think we ultimately, the greater desire that we have more than fear um, is to truly want to take God at his word. Um, and I don't think we'll regret it when we stand before him, you know, at the end of our lives. But, but man, when you talk about the idea that my wife's going to be looking at me, for answers that I'm not going to have, mm. or for food, <laughs> you know, or for yeah. all these other things, or even just the humility of having to sit across from people and ask for help, yeah. like hey, I, like hey, if you, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to put food on the table for my family if you don't yeah.
0: give something. Yeah. That's hard. It's humbling. Oh my gosh, Brian will tell you, you know, the first, you know, for the first year, um, our anticipated daily drive to the shipping centers, which is where we had our post office box, mm. you know, where we were sending everything to. It was, you know, it wasn't, are we going to eat today? Yeah. But it was close. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it really depended on what came into that post office box every day from our supporters and whether we were, you know, for us personally, because the church finances were just for the, you know, the offerings were for the church. We weren't taking any of those offerings for ourselves. We were purely on support. And um, and so that was frightening. I will kind of say that I think the thing that was much harder than any of those type of provisions were what you mentioned Were the, was the spiritual attack and, and the warfare that we faced. And we felt, you know, just a discouragement and mm. the uncertainty. And, you know, am, am I up for this? Do I have what it takes? That was those were some those are some quiet moments, you know, and a lot of those are laying uh, awake at night while your wife is sound asleep and you're you're wrestling with those feelings. Do I have what it takes? And um, and it's hard. You know, here's the great news: is that never goes away. <laughs> so, I mean, there are, there are moments it gets better. Yeah, you know, as you grow in Christ, it it certainly gets better. But yeah. there's always, you know, it's a, it's a wrestling match. Dakota, I would love to hear what you have to say.
2: Well, I mean, I think you're you're getting the idea that church planning isn't sexy. Yeah, you know, it uh, it's hard and it's difficult. But you know, I I have the fear of failure. I mean that's yeah. something that, I, talking struggle a lot that. Um, I struggle with about that. I struggle with going out and having this vision of of what I would love to see God do, and and to come back home with my head down and realizing that uh, that I that I felt led to, to go a direction and end up just failing, falling yeah. short, you know, yeah. of of that. And so that's something I think that every man's scared of and fearful of. But mm-hmm. w- the business I'm in is I'm not doing the work; God is, and that's yeah. that's so easy to say that. And yeah. and one of the things too is. I think what you're seeing with, with Brian talking about how that God did things at Westridge um, in such a way that no one could ever take credit for it. That's right? right. And that's the difference between knowing God and experiencing God. Yeah. Right. And so I know God. I can sit back and read books and talk about him and and theologize and Ain't philosophize no him, yeah. and all these things and <laughs> talk about what I would do in discipleship and this and that. But there's a big difference in stepping out in faith and trusting yeah. him. Yeah. And that's that's so easy to say. But I know that, that what's gonna come ahead is like like Blake said, there's gonna be challenges and opposition. Yeah. Um, and so we just have to to really just trust in him, that he's gonna come through and, and that ultimately that we're in his will because God's gonna grow his church with or without us.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, and that's, that's what me right. and Blake always say is that it, we're it's not about us. Right. It's about him. Yeah. Um so
0: Well, you know, we're out of time, but um <laughs> but I but I, I, I wanna just kinda say this to you if you're listening, because you know, I don't want any of you who are listening to kind of listen to all of this and think, well, that's all about church planning. Um, what this is ultimately about is being obedient to God and whatever He's calling you to do as a father, as a husband, you know, uh, deciding that you want to work on the guest services team, whether you want to be a group leader, you want to join a group, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there is this, this walk of faith that we have to step out and do what we're afraid of doing. And for a lot of people um we see this every day it it's afraid of commit they're afraid of commitment they're afraid of if i make this commitment then i'm going to you know what is it going to cost me to get into a group or to or to be faithful to a team or to or to raise my giving a little bit or whatever whatever it is in and the, their walk it's really the same mm-hmm. it it really is the same struggle and um so my hope is as you listen have listened to this and the things that you've brought out of this it's not just a story of church planning it's a cho- it's a story of christianity mm-hmm you know of of knowing god's character through the discipline of prayer and trusting who he is and being obedient to him. So just know that that we're the same as you, you know, mm-hmm. it, we're all in it together and and every step is a challenge and and is difficult. Wrap us up, Tyler.
1: Well, you're exactly right. Knowing knowing god's character not just hanging around for his miracles, you know. Good, so yeah. many people watch jesus perform miracles. And then once they didn't perform his mir- their That's miracle, they turned around and walked away and cheered mm-hmm. as they put them on the cross, knowing yeah, God's character, word. not just hanging around for, for those miracles. Guys, you actually lead um, a group here at Westridge called our Neighborhood Gatherings. It's a mid-sized group um, that you can be a part of. It's um, it, We call them Neighborhood Gatherings because it's our community coming together for a group, and it's not a group of of two or three or four or five. And this is a pretty big 20-plus people. They yeah. get together. Yeah. I mean, we're... We're seeing a lot of really good stuff from that. So if you are listening to the podcast, you're not in a group, and you're like, "Hey, I don't really want to step into someone's house yet." Mm-hmm. Um, You come to a neighborhood gathering. You can find our neighborhood gatherings at westridge.com/slash/find-a-group. Maybe that can be your first step towards discipleship and community. We actually have our own little website now: westridge.com/slash/neighborhoods. You
3: can uh you can check us out there and find out all you need to know. You can even register from there. This is where. uh Big churches made smaller and small That's groups right. are made bigger. Right. You
1: have prepared <laughs> that. That was really good. You prepared We're, that for this moment. We, we are not
0: here to shameless plugs <laughs> on hey, this podcast.
1: Guys, it's been such a good morning. Thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. Listeners, you. thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we can't wait to be again with you next week. So just know this week that you are loved.